We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, it's Blood Harris here on the Panther Rants podcast. It's uh, Wednesday, actually Wednesday evening here, or no, not really Wednesday evening, it's actually technically 4 o'clock, so not really evening. I gotta leave here and get my kids, but I figured I would um, podcast now, because I took a sick day today, and <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. Obviously, this up and down Texas weather isn't helping much, well, because, yeah, one day it's really cold, one day it's mild, one day it's hot, and it just freaking, I guess you say, quote-unquote, fluctuates. I guess it's one of those new fancy words. Anyways, guys, starting off today, Pit Basketball has been on a, uh, not, well, they've kind of been on a tear, they had a really great start. They finally met their, um, they met their destiny by losing last night. And eventually the losses were going to come and, but they start off the year winning their first, um, shoot, they start, they start winning their first six games. And it almost won one more last night when they played at Iowa. And I was I wasn't ranked in the top fifteen. They're a lot obviously got a lot more size than us, more experience, more physical. But Pitt, um, being as young as they are, I mean they have one seasoned guy as Jerry Wilson Frame. He was out for most of the first half due to foul trouble, but Pitt hung in there and almost pulled off the win. There were times when I watched that game where I thought that maybe Pitt was going to just wear down and lose, and they just kept fighting back. They kept they were they were just they were scrappy, playing good defense. And in the times Iowa didn't have Iowa couldn't master athleticism because you know at times Pitt was too quick. I thought you know Xavier Johnson should drove it a whole lot more because. I don't think they had really any answer for him when he was in the paint. He was just killing them. But also, the refs left. The, the refs did let Iowa play, and of course, you know they were. The, I went to line a lot more than we did. But I'm not sure how that helps for Iowa later later in the year. I'm sure they will contend in the Big Ten. But when tournament time comes, they're going to they're going to be dealing with. Officiating crews that they're, they're not going to let them play, and of course, their coach will start screaming a lot more because that's all he did last night. Pitt has Duquesne this this uh, Friday coming up. 
big city game because you have Duquesne that's on the up and up, or at least that's what we keep hearing. Duquesne's lone loss this year was to Notre Dame. They've you know they've beat everybody else on their schedule, but there's you know they really haven't really played anybody at this point. But that's kind of what happened last year with them. They racked up a lot of wins over bad teams, and of course as the season went on, they came down to earth a little bit. And but obviously this is big for uh, Duquesne regardless because Damprot's trying to get this program up. And they're putting money into the AG Palumbo Center. They're putting money into their facilities. They're actually investing into into basketball, which is probably even long overdue. I mean, they've they tried in the past, but it hasn't really worked out for them. I mean, they had one really good coach, Everhart, and they fired him after having a winning record. I mean, the guy. Not, I mean, not too long, not too long before that, he was within, he was within the game of going into the NCAA tournament. So obviously this is a, this is a big game for them because it's a measuring stick of, worth, of where they need to be. I mean, I like Pitt's chances in this game. Personally, I think it. Uh, Jeff Capel really upgrade really upgrade the talent here, and also in a short span of time, and also the players are playing a lot harder. But I still think the game will be a dog fight because it always is, and you know Kevin Stallings. Obviously made this game relevant again. Although Pitt won last year with a really bad squad. But this year is you know, it's big for both teams. So what should they keep stay on track and staying posted on Pitt uh, basketball because especially on this podcast, because I do a lot of football talk and Pitt Hoops is coming you know, Pitt basketball Pitt football will be coming to an end here pretty soon after after Saturday, pending the bowl game. Speaking of this week, it's championship weekend where Clemson and Pitt, co-ACC conference champions, battle for for a bid to the college football playoff. Clemson wins, they get they get auto bid into the playoffs. They lose as an at large. Pitt, well. They're not going to go either way. It just depends on what kind of bull they get. Yeah, I know. This really does determine who the true champion is. I just like to do the whole co-conference thing because it's hilarious. Because why not? Anyways, as far as this game's concerned, I've done some... I've watched some of uh, Clemson's games, and I've... uh, Done some research on them, and really, there's no glaring weakness in them whatsoever. They're in the top ten in pass. They're top ten in total offense, top ten in total defense. Passing, passing, rush offense. They're they're literally not. I think actually, the rushing offense are in top ten. Pass offense are top twenty-five. So, Pitt obviously is going to have. Regardless, Pitt obviously is going to have their work cut out for them. Now, not too long ago, Pitt did defeat Clemson. And that's because we had, well, a fifth-year quarterback in Nathan Peterman. We had a really good offensive line. We had James Conner. And we had some really good players. We had, you know, obviously, 
Scott Orndorff was a huge thing. We had George Ashton, who's still who's still here now. But the offense is a little different, and we have a different quarterback. And Clemson obviously doesn't have Deshaun Watson anymore, but they have Trevor Lawrence and a, and a loaded team. So, what are pitch chances in this game? Uh, pretty much, you can say no chance in hell. That doesn't mean Pitt can't give Clemson a dogfight. They could. How is that supposed to happen? Well, a few things. Defensively, Pitt's going to have to get pressure on Trevor Lawrence if they can do it. Because you can't let him have time to throw because he's got really good receivers. Hunter Renfro is still there, and Hunter Renfro just does Hunter Renfro things. He's a hell of a guy in the slot, and Pitt's going to have a hell of a time covering him. Pitt's got to get pressure on the quarterback is what really needs to happen. Now, if you look at the Miami game, save for the punt turn TD, it wasn't really that bad of a game. It just, it was Miami just had a really good defense and Pitt had no answer for it. And this is a good defense here, so Pitt really needs to have an answer for them this time. I mean, no, no, no pussyfoot around. Find a damn answer. Figure something out. Because obviously we didn't do that last week. But looking at some look looking at Clemson's team and some of their games, Pitt's gonna have to throw the football if, if they're gonna have any success. Because that's what South Carolina did. South Carolina had two drives and on fourth and goal. So so South Carolina actually ran with Clemson for most of the game. They just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. And that's what ha- has to happen here for Pitt. Pitt has to throw the ball and get a passing game going. Because if you look at what happened with Pitt and Clemson last last time, one thing that really helped Pitt last the last time was their, was their ability to move the football through the air. A lot of plays Pitt made was through the passing game. You know, you know that little uh, will route to James Conner for the touchdown, the fourth down pass to George Aston in the end zone. The pass of Scott Orndorff that set the field goal. Pitt has to get a Pitt has to throw the ball. Running running obviously is going to help too, but Clemson has a hell of a run defense. But if you get throw the football, it's gonna it's gonna open things up like it did in that game against Clemson, where Pitt won a high scoring affair. So basically, you know, Pitt's got to come to play. That's the most part. Because here's the thing. Clemson's defense is similar to Miami's. The only difference is Clemson has an offense. So Pitt's got to do something here. They got to put the big boy pants on, do something, figure it out, do whatever. But don't humiliate yourself in this game. Don't get yourselves humiliated because, you know, up until then I've been saying that the race in the ACC Coastal was just a race to see who's going to get destroyed by Clemson in the title game. Well, here's Pitt right now in that position right now. And you don't want the, you know you don't want to be in a position where you're going to be destroyed. I mean, I don't see us uh, winning this game because I don't think the ACC is going to let us win this game, for the most part. It would just be a horrible look because I don't think they'll get in. But there's some interesting scenarios that we're going to get into here. 
Well, Friday night we got Utah and Washington squaring off in the Pac-12 title. Washington had a pretty disappointing season for the most part, and you know I thought that this was going to be the year for Chris Peterson, and they lost to a really bad Auburn team. Auburn was good in the preseason, but now it's looking like Gus Malzahn is looking to get out. But I think they're stuck with him for another year because of his buyout. Right now, is at twelve million, so it's going to be pretty expensive to replace him. So I think he probably give Malzahn another year. Let's see what goes on there. But Utah, it's obviously you've been Utah. You know they're not the same Utah that we remember in the you know in the BCS games. You know they they won two BCS bowl games. They beat us. At the, I think they beat Ohio State or Bama one or two. I don't think it was either one, but they beat somebody in another bowl game for BCS. Urban Meyer was the coach at Utah when we uh, played them. And he's moved on, and of course Utah's program's moved on since then. And of course now here they are in the big Pac-12 championship game. So with Utah, there really hasn't been much of a drop off since they've went, you know, they they went to you know a bigger conference. Texas and Oklahoma. I think this time around, Oklahoma is not going to let Texas hang around, and they're obviously not going to. Let Texas get the last laugh again. Because that's what happened. But if they're, the only way they're going to do this is that they have to play defense. I mean, God forbid, play some defense because you had a high scoring affair against West Virginia to you know to get to get you here. And this game against Texas last time he played was a high scoring affair, and it, it was and it ended up being who would get the ball last, and Texas got the ball last and moved the ball down the field. And hit a bit, hit a long field goal. So Oklahoma really can't put themselves in this position anymore. They got to get out and they got to win because a, a, a playoff spot's on the line. So that'll be an interesting game. Iowa State's playing Drake in the final game of the year, and I just don't understand this whatsoever, but. I guess there's a bunch of makeup games here. Well, yeah, because I didn't put, I didn't, figure, I didn't factor in the top twenty-five, but which we'll do here in a minute. Yeah, it looks like there's a bunch of makeup games. We got Louisiana Appalachian State playing Appalachian State. Remember that team that barely beat Penn State nine at nine and two seven won the Sun Belt, and actually this is the Sun Belt title game. So, Appalachia State's had a hell of a year. So, I think they probably win that one. East Carolina, NC State, a makeup game. I'm not sure, you know, I guess from the hurricane. NC State sucks. One NC State. East Carolina sucks. So, I see NC State going to a nine, nine wins there. Akron and South Carolina. Obvious, obvious win for South Carolina. They're going to get a seven wins. Akron just isn't, uh, you know, they're, they're, just, they're just a MAC team. Marshall and Vatech. Marshall's eight and three, going against a five and six Virginia Tech team. Tech beat Virginia, and and then they decided obviously they wanted to make up this game. All they wanted to make up this game so they can uh, try to get bowl eligible. 
I hate it, but it is what it is. You know, if you can get a bowl game, get a bowl game, and you send your seniors off with something. And I'm, I'm guessing it helps recruiting somehow, but I don't know how it does because Vitek was once a, a very proud program and that, you know, built itself on Beamer Ball, but it's not looking too good. Conference USA title game, UAB, Middle Tennessee. Think about this. UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham, not too long ago, was disbanded as a program. Now they're back in their Conference USA title game. I mean, good for them. That's I mean, I'm good. I mean, that's that's an awesome story. That's a story people should be talking about. Is that right there? So best of luck to them. I mean, I'm looking. At, I mean, I didn't realize they were moving along this pretty well. Well, you know, in Conference USA since coming back. Oh, the Stanford and Cal rivalry. Both teams. Well, both teams were had high hopes this year. I know Stanford did, but. Stanford was disappointing this year. But uh, I, I see them pulling this one off. Memphis and UCF. UCF is without their quarterback because he got hurt. And Lord knows if he's ever going to play again, which, which, is, which is terrible. Last time they played Memphis, they barely won. And I think Memphis takes care of business this time around. I mean, I think you know Central Florida will get the emotional factor going. Trying to win one for the quarterback, but I think Memphis this time really takes care of business and ends the streak for Central Florida. Now, here's an interesting one here. Alabama and Georgia. Alabama's ranked first overall, and Georgia's ranked fourth. Now, Georgia's ranked fourth in the conference. I mean, on the conference, they're four, ranked fourth in in the college football playoff rankings. So one versus four. Bama wins; they're in, obviously. But if Georgia wins, what happens here? Do you, we're, we're, we may be left with another issue where we have two SEC teams in the playoff. But Georgia's a little different this time around. They're not really that good as they were last year. So does Bama lay down to get another SEC team in? Because they do that, and it provides an interesting matchup. Well, Georgia obviously moves to the two or three spot, and they face whoever from the um, probably either Notre Dame or Clemson. And you hope, in Bama's mind, you hope they take um, one of those teams out. And then maybe Bama ends up playing Georgia again for the national title, and it's probably going to happen again. If it does happen again the second time around, you know damn well the other conferences are going to be pushing for an expansion because, once again, you're you're dealing with another issue with, where with, uh, you know, two teams from the same conference end up in the national title game again. And finally, we got Ohio State and Northwestern. And you know what? All Ohio State has to do for this game is just to show up. After destroying uh, Michigan like they were supposed to, 
I don't see Northwestern having a chance on this game, and they don't, they just don't have the athletes to do, to do it either. So Ohio State will probably pull this one off. Oh, they'd be hilarious as hell for them to lose. But you know, that's how the Big Ten was built. It was built the, the way the conference and the divisions were built. It was that so it would benefit Ohio State or Michigan in the conference. And really, it's done nothing but hurt them more than anything else. I mean, it. it ha- I mean, the playoffs have helped. I mean, the Ohio State, to some degree, Ohio State did win a national title the one season, but now, not so much, because once again, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan loses that rivalry game, and now they're now no teams are are in are in the playoffs. Or being let alone considered, but I also retweet a link from the Mike Haywood air at Texas Southern. Uh, I would recommend to check it out. I mean, it's just it's just a little twelve minute clip that Mike Prince does, and he talks about you know Mike Haywood, what Mike Haywood happened. What happened there pretty much is that you know he, you know Mike Haywood went into a really bad situation at Texas Southern, and it's just things are bad there, and. Things never got better there for Haywood at Texas Southern, and, and it, you know the team never got better. And not to mention in their final game against Prairie View A and M, and you know Prairie View A and M is you know Texas Southern's off is in Houston. Prairie View A and M is just outside of Houston, down two ninety, I believe. I believe yeah, it's in Wall, you know, Waller, Waller County, where is. Texas Southerns and Harris County. This is obviously a big rivalry game, and of course, the rivalry it goes outside of um, outside the college campuses. The rivalry trickles into the offices because there's plenty of Texas Southern Prairie A&M alums working in this city. So this is a big deal. And so when you get trounced by your rival, then that's what happens. You lose your job, and that's what happened with Mike Haywood. As we know, that's what happened to Dave Wonstadt when Mike Haywood took over from briefly. Uh, you know, Pitt was contending for Big East title, despite you know how things went. They were you know they were preseason favorites to win. They got to a bad start, but still they were contention. And what happened? They faced West Virginia, and West Virginia trounced them in the second half in the in, in, in the front of a half-empty Heinz Field, and that pretty much sealed the fate of the of the Dave Wanstead era. After that, that was it, and that's pretty much what happened to Mike Haywood here. And of course, Larry Fedora, he got fired at uh, North Carolina. That you know, obviously, once Mitch Trubisky graduated, that was it for him. Uh, Paul Johnson retired at uh, Georgia Tech, which was, you know, it was either he was going to get fired or he retired, one of the two. And he ends up retiring. And the guy obviously had a nice head, a nice career over the years, and he's been coaching, he said, for 40 years, and it was time to hang it up. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. So we're going to have some new faces in the ACC, and let's hope that that happens. Let's hope that, uh, you know, we fare well. But anyways, guys. Enjoy the game this weekend. Let's ho- in all the games. Let's hope for uh, you know. 
Let's hope the pit pulls one off if we're, if we're lucky. Hell to pit. Bye. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.